0: Episode 7, A Conversation with Marco Saffron. Thank you for tuning in to 6 Degrees or Less. I'm your host, Seth McCauley. And today I've got something a little bit different for you. I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with my good friend of 25 years, Marco Saffron. He is a writer, director, Lives out in Hollywood. He's a movie man doing the movie thing, and uh, our conversation was uh, was my first recording using Zoom, and so um, it's going to be a little bit um, it's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to sound as clear and as as polished as some of my other recordings, but uh, I think you'll find the content to be fun, engaging, raw. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation. So I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you and uh, look forward to your feedback and comments. Thank you for tuning in to six degrees
1: or less. I'm your host, Seth McCauley. And uh, I am super, super, super excited about uh, this conversation. Um, Marco Saffron, the, uh, a friend of mine, we've known each other for 25 years. It's hard to believe it's cool. We've uh, we've been through a lot together. And uh, Marcus is a writer, a director, living the uh, the show business life out in in Hollywood, yeah. And so, Marcus, why don't you take a moment to uh, to say hi and introduce yourself to the group?
2: Well, hello everyone, and hello again, Seth. Um, Wow, when you put it in those terms, twenty five years is really uh at something. Yeah, we're old. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- time time certainly does fly. Um, but uh yeah, no, oh, this is uh this is exciting. Good,
1: good. Well, hey, I'm gonna get started this way. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a bit of a curveball, but you're you're like Mr. Uh you know, Mr. Mr. Movie Man, Mr. Creative. So here's <laughs> what I wanna do. I want you this is not the first time. That we've had this conversation, uh, so I want you to, for the listeners out there, I want you to su uh, set the scene and, and and talk to us about how this second conversation came to be.
2: <laughs> well, uh, Seth, I'm afraid I'm going to um, embarrass you for your. That's okay. Uh, That's okay. Your, your, your yeah, your lack of technical skills and uh, no. Uh, This is our second uh, go at this, as we say, uh, take two. (laughs) That's right. Um, We were in, I guess it was Corsicana, Texas, a couple of months ago, and we're sitting down over beer, and you had your iPad all set up. You're all excited about your podcast, and and apparently you didn't hit record. (laughs) Well, so (laughs) that's an issue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. But here we are again. So you've got Marcus's version, and then you got the truth. Um, <laughs> what, what happened was, what really happened was, I had my iPad, and when I went to go use my iPad, it was completely dead. So then I went to my trusty uh, Plan B, which was using my iPhone, and uh, I thought I could do this using playing uh, using GarageBand on my iPhone. And ah, right, right. And then I, I think I didn't hit. What's that?
2: I said, I remember. I just remember you messing up one way or the other. So yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other.
1: That's right. That's right. So I, I guess I'll chalk that up to my uh, to my rookie days in the uh, in the podcasting <laughs> uh, in the podcasting uh, world. Um, well, hey, let's let's do this. So, man, I'm, I'm I could we could spend all day talking, and some of it's um, not safe for work, and some of it uh, we've got stories to, to, to share that are not really appropriate for the audience for the general public. But I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, my whole thing is about networking or relationshiping and building relationships and cultivating relationships and the power of, of building important relationships. And so I thought, one, I think it'd be just a, a great fun conversation with you for, for a number of reasons, but number two, you've got a very interesting perspective, uh, different from, I think most of my, most of that are in my network, right? So you're out there in, uh, in Hollywood. Uh, the show business thing, and so for you, maybe or may not be—I don't know. You tell me. A little bit, a little bit different. But you're dealing with producers and directors. And- um, but so what? Tell me about that.
2: Well, look, I mean, I think at the end of the day, relationships and networks uh, are kind of what you make of them. Depending, on, it doesn't matter really the industry. I don't think. I mean, sure, every industry has its own quirks and and rules, but you know in filmmaking, it certainly is about who you know uh, and it 's about meeting people and being in the right place at the right time so i don 't think it's that different than you know if you 're working in human resources or technology or, or government or something like that. it really is about you know the relationships that you build and the trust and the reputation that you build and that mm. leads to um opportunities, leads to jobs, leads to new relationships.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: That's my at least in my experience, it's been that way. Yeah. And you know, I have I did come from the finance world as well. So I've straddled both of those and, and it's very different for sure, but there's still a lot of the same uh dynamics at play.
1: Absolutely. Well and actually I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I in, in part of my lead into this and in my intro of you. One of the things that I that I did mention, which I think is is uh, is good for listeners to know, you know, uh, uh, met each other, you know, in college. We were part of the uh, of the Texas Rangers. We we're Maverick brothers together, and, mm-hmm. and so I'll, I'll never forget. You know, when I I remember, you know, sometime in our our college career, asking you uh, kind of you know what you wanted to be, what you wanted to do when you grew up, and and I don't, <laughs> you don't remember this, but you had a no, <laughs> you had a. You had a list of like you know things that you wanted to accomplish by the time you were thirty, and uh, I'm not oops. mistaken. What's that? I said, oops. Yeah, <laughs> might have missed a few of those. Yeah, uh, if I remember, one of those was like you want to make your first million before you were thirty, and uh, and you were a a finance uh, major at the University of Texas, and you wanted to go do investment banking and. So you, you graduated, you went to Wall Street, you went to New York, you were doing the investment banker thing. You uh, After after doing that, you got hired by a client, you moved down to Miami. And I almost remember, uh-huh. I almost remember, not to the day, but I remember where I was when I, it was either an email or a phone call, but I, I got the word from you that you're like, hey, I'm making a change. I'm leaving the, the, uh, the, the money business, the investment banking business, and I'm moving out to go make movies. And I just, the first thought <laughs> in my head, like, was, are you high? Like, what are you, <laughs> like, what, where did this come from? So, so you, you took a hard left turn or right turn, whatever it is. You know, you took a hard turn and you went out to California to go blaze your own trail and go do something completely different. So I guess my question for you is, as you, when you did that, when you made that, that decision and you got out there and you started, um, networking and building relations. How, I mean, where did you start? I mean, how did you, how did you kind of start you know where to go and who to talk to and how to start kind of, you know, connecting with the right people when you get... Right. There?
2: Well, yeah, it's funny. I definitely did make a hard left turn. Although, I mean, like, let me back up even further. You know, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and, you know, I was always very artistically inclined, whether it was music or performing arts, and, you know, acting in plays as a kid. So I'd always had this interest in entertainment, um, theater and film and whatnot, but I was also a pragmatist, and so go to college and I'm going to get that degree in finance, and, and by the way, I haven't made that first million yet, so uh, <laughs> it's been a few years past the, due, the uh, deadline. Um, so when I went to L.A. to pursue filmmaking, it was a kind of a confluence of a number of events. Number one, just not being totally happy and satisfied where I was in in my job in in Miami, Um, also being faced with a couple of choices. I could go back to New York and get my old job back. I could stay in Miami, or I could try something that I, you know, had been thinking about over the last year or two that I was in New York, which was, you know, take this business skills, these skills that I had in finance and accounting and just, you know, these good critical thinking skills and apply them to the entertainment industry and eventually, I to produce films or go work for a movie studio. Um, those were the intentions moving out there. But, you know, you, you, you never know what path your life is going to take. You, you have this idea like, okay, I'm going to do step one, two, three, four. And by the time I get to step 60, I'm exactly where I want to be. Well, As we all know, that never happens. And so coming out to L.A., I had a couple of friends one guy in particular is an actor who had just moved out there. And I felt like I had some foothold, which helped. And then one of his friends hooked me up with a job at uh, this entertainment, uh, a management company. It's kind of like an agency, but n- not really. But it was in the mailroom. And, you know, <laughs> the mailroom so- is sort of legendary in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, uh, kind of like
2: The elf. agency. I'm sorry? Kind of like Elf. Yeah, no, it really is in a way. Like every, every, all the information goes through the mailroom, and like a lot of industries, Hollywood in particular, really runs on information, and all information goes through the mailroom, especially at the big agencies. I wasn't at a big agency, but it was a big management company, and working there, you know, usually you work in the in the mailroom for three months to a year, and then you kind of move your way up, and you become an assistant, and then eventually you become, you know, either an agent or a manager, or you go on to get another job, and you kind of move your way up. You know, I did a few months in the mailroom, but I was fortunate enough to meet uh, a gentleman um, who, at the time, was the, the chief operating officer of this company, and he had known that I had, or he had learned that I had a finance background, and, you know, he's like, wait a minute, there's a guy from Wall Street working in the mailroom here? I want to meet him. So and awesome. he just became, he became a mentor of mine. And to this day, we still work together. And he helped me get put together the first, my first real film, a short film that was to Sundance. And just because I was in the mailroom. And there's still people in that mailroom or that company that I met to this day that I still maintain relationships with. And we're talking nearly 20 years. And that's wow. just how, how it's done. And of course, there are dozens of people that I met along the way that I don't talk to anymore or they've left the business or I don't know. They don't like me. I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's hard to understand. I couldn't, I can't understand. Anyone not liking me. But, um, so, so I don't, I don't remember if we talked, I don't, maybe we did talk about the mailroom in our, in our first uh, conversation, but I don't remember that. So I'm, I'm just trying to process this. So here we are college graduate from a, uh, from, from one of, if not the most prestigious university in the country, um, mm-hmm. Wall Street finance, and then all of a sudden you go to hollywood working in the mailroom and then you you, know, you you fast forward several years later you've done uh, done well with this film common practice at sundance and you've directed your first feature length movie and so i mean and so that is just like that has got to be i mean you step back and <laughs> think about that i mean what do you that, that, that that's a lot to process I mean, what do you what do you think about all that well i i think
2: like anybody who's, who's attain, trying to attain some level of success or some accomplishments, it just doesn't seem enough. It doesn't seem like it's happened fast enough. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do have to reflect on the things that I've accomplished. And I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, about the mailroom, though, I mean, you go in the mailroom and there will be people who are straight out of, you know, I don't know. Maybe they dropped out of college and they went straight to Hollywood and they knew that's what they wanted to do. Or people like me, or, or people straight out of Stanford Law School, uh, because that is the pathway into sort of the the power structure of Hollywood. And in many ways, is working at an agency or a mail or a management company in the mailroom. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it, you know, finding somebody with a, a bachelor's degree, you know, who's had success in another career is not uncommon.
0: Yeah.
1: So. <clears throat> Let's let's talk a little bit about um, the power of, of, of connection. So let's go back to that that fateful day a couple of months ago when we when we met up in, in Corsicana, Texas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we spent several hours with Bobby J. And so Bobby J. Bobby J, I've tried to explain that day and that afternoon and, and that guy to a number of people. And I don't quite, I don't know if I can quite do it justice, but, um, <laughs> how, so, so for, for, for people listening, um, Bobby J is, uh, not only is he, and an, he's been an actor, he's been in several movies, uh, for several small parts, but he is also, his day job is being the chief of police. Of course, again, I can't even, yeah, he's just i mean, he's the chief of police for courts of Canada, Texas, but he's hes just probably one of the most um, colorful people I've ever met in my life. Um, how how in the world did you and him get connected? I mean, that
2: <laughs> well, you know, again, this all goes to the networking relationships. Um, I was in L.A. I'd only been there a couple of years and I ran into uh, somebody at a coffee shop. I think there was a coffee bean over on Beverly and Robertson. And this is a guy by the name of Adam Ambruso who you know, or maybe tangentially because he was in the Wranglers as well. And I sort of knew him a little bit um, because we weren't quite the same age. And I remember thinking, Oh, Hey Adam, what are you doing out here? And, you know, he was in, you know, sort of like medical sales, but also trying to become an actor. And so over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, Adam and I have obviously stayed in touch and, you know, always looking to do work on projects together. And so, About a year ago, he introduced me to his uh, producing partner, a gentleman also from Texas who lives out in L.A. by the name of Will Wallace, a really wonderful filmmaker and acting coach. And I was at a screening of a movie that Will had produced that was shot in Corsicana. And we're at the the theater in in Beverly Hills. And I'm there with Adam and with uh, Will and even Linwood, a gentleman who plucked me out of the mailroom two decades ago. Wow. And Bobby J's there. He's the only guy there wearing a tuxedo. It's kind of like a casual movie premiere, but of course Bobby J being from Texas shows up in a tuxedo. It was great. And that's how we met. And we sort of hit it off and Will and Adam introduced us and you know, I was telling them about a movie that I'm still trying to get off the ground and I thought Corsicana would be a great place to make that movie. And that's sort of I'm sure you might get into that a little bit more, but that's how we ended up uh, in you and I in Corsicana, Texas, because I've gone down there to scout the city and to kind of get a lay of the land if we were going to shoot a movie down there.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I remember you said you were going to be in Corsicana scouting a movie location, and you said, Come on down. You gave me the address, and I had no idea where I was going. When I parked and I, and I was walking to that place, I had no idea. And you never mentioned anything about um, who he was or where I was going. And uh, when I ended up in the police's office for three hours, just, you know, cutting the rug and, and, and laughing and telling jokes and just talking about, you know, stuff that I had no zero um, uh, knowledge of at all. I was just it was such a fascinating afternoon. Um, it
2: was and, very fascinating because we're, you know, we're sitting in the guy's office. The chief of police, like you said, of course, affect Texas, small town south of Dallas. Or else I might make a movie. And it was just kind of surreal. And, and he's a whole character.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was fun. It was awesome. It was incredible. I, I want to, I, I mentioned this at the time to him. And I think he'd be a good one, a good podcast interview uh, for sure. But um, so I, I guess let me uh, kind of on that thread, I want to tug on a, a little bit more. I want to talk a little bit about kind of what you're currently working on. Uh, I know. Well, what I'm currently. What are you doing right now? What's, what's happening now?
2: Uh, well, right at this moment, I am about to walk to dinner. I'm in Kansas city, Missouri with this band called in the Valley below. Um, we've been touring across the country in support of a movie that, um, the singer of the band and myself, we made. And again, you can go all the way back to relationships for this one as well, but we, um, made this film and we're showing it at Alamo Draft Houses across the country. Tomorrow night we'll be in Kansas City, Missouri and so at this moment right now I'm walking with uh, the band and their young son and a couple other people uh, in a beautiful neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri, which I have to say for all those folks in Kansas City, this is a beautiful city.
1: <laughs> you know, um, ironically, I was just in Kansas City a few days last week um, and you're right. It is a beautiful city. I didn't get to explore downtown much or anything like that, but it is great. Um, and then I'm excited about seeing you uh, in person on Wednesday night because you're going to be in Dallas. Uh, Correct. In the Alamo House theaters in Dallas, and so I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing you oh, wow. and giving you a big hug and, and uh, <laughs> the, uh, the movie that you've uh, that you've come up with. So.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a really, really incredible film. And you know, I just encourage everybody, because by the time this airs, I think the movie and the album will have been released, uh, which I think is April 26th of this year. Um, so I encourage everybody to go check it out. It's probably on Vimeo or YouTube. Uh, it's called The Pink Chateau.
1: Pink Chateau. Awesome. Awesome. Um I, look, I know I, I wanna I wanna be mindful of your time because I, I know you're getting ready to go to dinner, but a, a couple of last things I wanted to, to ask about. Any any updates on Pearl, on the movie that that, that you and I that brought us together down there in of course campus. Mm-hmm. Right? Well,
2: so what's going on with Pearl is, you know, like, again, making films is not easy. Um I have brought on a, a really talented casting director who I've worked with before, and we are making offers right now, trying to get a, um, a, a strong piece of talent to play the lead role because, you know, with making a movie, again, it's relationships. Yep. Luckily, my casting director has relationships with some of the, the top agents in town. And through him, we're able to get the script in front of people because we don't really have a full budget. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's a chicken or the egg. Everyone says, hey, you know, show us the money and we'll give you the cast. The money people say, show us the cast and give you the money. So <laughs> we're at that huh, we're at that chicken and egg phase right now. But I think we'll get it done because um, casting director who cast my first feature film, I reconnected with him last year, and he's been great.
1: Wow. wow. Well, hey, look, t- two, two final things. Again, I, I don't want to cut sure. into too much of your time. Two, two final things. I wanted to ask you, um, any, any networking or relationshiping you know, big failures or big successes on your part that you can share that might be uh, interesting, to, you know, fodder for uh, for the podcast and for those listeners out there. Yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll start with a success because I think we talked
2: about this the first time uh, when, you, when you fail when your your failed endeavor to record <laughs> our first interview. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So a success would be, um, you know. I do some film consulting and financial consulting on the side, or I have in the past, just make a little extra money. And one of the jobs I worked on was for um, an actor um, who's now starring in the new Hellboy movie uh, by the name of Daniel Dae Kim, a wonderful actor who's many years on the show Lost and then on Hawaii Five O. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, Okay. So we, we did, a, I did some. I did some work for him. He was very happy with it. And then, I, then after the work had been done, after he paid me, and thank you for paying on time, Daniel, um, <laughs> I called <laughs> him and I helps. said, he, he, at the time, he was still on Hawaii 5 He He left the show uh, last year. But I said, Daniel, I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm also a film director. He's like, really? I said, yeah. And I would like Shadow. On Hawaii Five O, shadowing is just when a, uh, an aspiring director in television spends time during the pre-production and production of a television show, and essentially just shadowing the director of that show. It's a very uh, common uh, procedure, but you know it's hard to get these shadowing gigs. You got to know somebody. Mm-hmm. So Daniel made that happen, and oh. I spent almost a month in Hawaii, of all places.
1: Well, that was um, a tough assignment, man. <laughs>
2: tough assignment. Well, you know, it was on my own dime. Um, yeah. but, uh, but Marcus, I'm, seriously,
1: I'm, I'm sorry that you had to put up with that. I mean, that's... that's
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I ate my weight in <laughs> poke. <laughs> so, so I, I did that. I, I shadowed on the show. It was great. And then through that, I eventually met the uh, executive producer of the show, gentleman by the name of Peter Lenkoff. Mm-hmm. And over the last year or so... Over the last year or so, I've been maintaining a relationship with Peter and, you know, hoping to get enough in his good graces that I'll get um, slotted an episode of one of his shows. He also is the executive producer of MacGyver and Magnum P.I. So that's a success. Uh, It hasn't led to a job yet, but I think it will. But those are the kinds of, again, the kind of relationship where I start off by doing good work for one person, and that translates to... Opportunity for somebody else because mm-hmm. word gets around. I would say a failure. Um, like I mean, there's dozens of cases where you meet someone at a film festival or at an event or at a party, and you and it's somebody you want to make a connection with. And I, I hate to say this, but this is I think in any industry. Some people, they don't perceive you can do something for them. They don't perceive that you have value. Mm. They kind of ignore you or they don't take you seriously. And I have to say, I think everybody is guilty of that at one point or another. We've all been at a party talking to somebody who wants to talk to us, but we don't necessarily want to talk to them. I think it's human nature. Um, And it's something I've been guilty of too. But so uh, there's been times where I'm speaking to somebody and I'm thinking, Gosh, I would really like to know this person better. To to show them my work, to take them to, to lunch or a coffee, uh, and then they just don't return your phone call, or they don't mm-hmm. return your email, and you know it's hard not to take it personally. But at the end of the day, you just kind of brush brush it off and you move on. Mm-hmm. I would I'd call that a I don't call that a failure necessarily, but it's certainly not um, taking it to that relationship. To, a, to the fruition of, of where you get what you want out of it, or start up a dialogue.
1: Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess last question for you. <clears throat> this is the, uh, you know, the, the, what would you tell? So here, so so you and I are back uh, back on campus in our late teens, early twenties, uh, you know, at University of Texas. What would you go back and tell? The uh, the young Marcos Efron, if you could go back and and, and um, lay some some sage advice on uh, on the young Marcos, what would you what would you tell him?
2: <laughs> oh wow, uh, I'd probably tell him to start learning about uh, I don't know computer science and artificial intelligence <laughs> and <laughs> get into a field that has uh, massive growth potential. You know, I don't know that I could tell myself what I could do to further my career as a filmmaker or as a finance guy, but I think right now I'd probably get into, tell him to get into coding or AI, <laughs> if I'm being honest.
1: Okay, all okay. right. No, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> How about as it relates to building relationships and networking and just kind of, you know, I mean, I, I think... Ah, I see. Yeah, but well, I mean, but ah, so there's a so there's a theme to this podcast.
2: Ah, I see that now. Ah, okay. So what would I tell young uh, Marcos Afron with hair on his head what he should do in terms of relationships? Yeah. You know, I think you I think it's just going into any meeting or any scenario or any encounter in a manner that shows your credibility. So um, I think it goes for anything. And so as an example, what I mean is, you know, I walk into a meeting with a producer or studio executive, or a couple of weeks ago, I had a meeting with these executives at a very big television production company who I really want to work for. Mm -hmm. And having the bonafides being able to walk in and say, I've just made this film or my film is going to this film festival, or I've just sold this project. Or I've just you know gotten this award something that should, that you walk in there with credibility and you have something to offer them
1: mm-hmm.
2: that i think that I think takes you a lot further in the eyes of the person on the other side of that that um, desk that you have something to offer them. I don't think you'd have to have that for every situation, but again, you know maybe i'm tainted by. Hollywood, where everything is, you know, what have you done for me lately, and what can you do for me now? I think just having, bringing value, yeah. whether it's in just being a good person, you know, a smiling face, or tangible value. Uh, I can help you with this project. I can help you with this. I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, just you know, always have something in your back pocket that somebody else would want. Just add, have value. Yeah, yeah easier said good. than done, but.
1: And in, in, in value means different things, right? So value, value can come Correct. in all shapes and forms sizes. So sizes. Um.
2: Yeah, it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It doesn't have to be a monetary thing. You know, there, uh, as, a, as a director, you know, working on a, a movie set with, you know, a couple dozen to a hundred people, sometimes you just want people who are funny or who mm-hmm. bring good energy. There's no monetary value to that. It's like, man, she is a great camera assistant she always does her work great, and she's always smiling and telling a joke or making the, 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 the crew feel um, good about their work, that's right. the kind of attitude I want on my set. And so that's, that's value, I think. Yeah. And there are people that I've worked with who immediately somebody says, hey, I need a camera assistant, or I need a gaffer, or I need a first uh, assistant director, and I just can reel off the names of these people who've been you know, beneficial to me and have helped, me, helped my job become easier
1: got it okay all right fair enough fair enough well hey uh yeah i know that you have got I, i'm between you and dinner so i'm going to uh i'm going to, to sign off for now but man I, I really appreciate number one i appreciate you doing this with me twice um first time is on me. uh we did enjoy a good good meal together in Corsicana, uh and we, and we i'm glad that we're both able to, to poke fun uh at my expense um uh that that's what friends are for that's right um but hey have a have an awesome time in kansas city i'm looking forward to seeing you on wednesday night and seeing the uh the production and um safe travels and thank you for oh oh let me if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way to connect with marcos
2: um, the best way to connect with me, uh, Instagram is a good place, at Marcos underscore Efron. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, and uh, you can find me on Vimeo, uh, which is a video sharing platform for professionals mostly. Um, that would be, I think, vimeo.com slash Marcos Efron.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's probably the best way. Well, buddy, thank you for your time. I hope you've enjoyed dinner with the band. I'm with the band. And I'll see you Wednesday night.
0: (laughs) Thank you again for tuning in to Six Degrees or Less. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Marco Zephron. We had a great time recording it. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Uh, again, it was a bit a bit raw and a bit unfiltered, but uh, but I think you get the gist of of where we were going with that. Um, if you need to reach out to me, if you've got questions for me or, or comments about the podcast, you can reach me at six degrees or less. That's the number six degrees or less at gmail.com. dot com. And uh, thank you again for tuning in. I, if you like it, uh, hope that you will share it, tweet about it. Uh, subscribe, whatever you need to do to, uh, to show your appreciation. That would be great. Until next time, have a great day.